Beer Sack, and Baroni. You think I'm going to make it, dude? Man, I probably won't make it past You're the first one. make it, baby. Hold up, kid. Don't take me with you. Right about now. Hey, everybody. It's Chris Beer Sack, Beer Sack, and Baroni right about now with my co-host, David Baroni. Dave, how the hell are you? Dandy. Uh, my woman is in Los Angeles, so I am... Um... I'm a bachelor for the weekend. Actually, oh, for two weeks. Bachelor for two weeks. Two weeks to the end of the month, actually, man, which really sucks, to be quite oh, frank. I was going to say, how uh, how pathetic are you going to be after two weeks? I remember back in the day when we were younger that uh, we would always kind of look forward to having a little bachelor time, but now we're just pathetic, and we can't even figure out how to make the food or yeah. do anything. It's like... Can somebody please help me? Can somebody take care of me? Well, I just got back from the store and I bought just a, a ton of popcorn, man. So I'm good to go oh, until popcorn. she gets back. Yeah, <laughs> that is the uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner of champions. It is indeed. Yeah, so right. good, good for you. Thanks, man. Um, we're uh, about two days away from the APMAs when we record this. It's a Saturday, and on uh, Monday the 18th. Be in uh, Columbus, Ohio. Going to do some interviews on the red carpet. Uh, I just want to let people know, and you'll find this out uh, in future podcasts, that the interviews that we plan to do, and I think I've said this on Twitter, are going to be primarily uh, with the folks who were involved in the making of the Andy Black album. And so that would be, and of course, uh, Cece, who's nominated for the, for the Alternative Press Music Award Drummer of the Year. Uh, but primarily, we want to focus on that because this show is all about the Blackville Brides universe. It's all about Andy and his friends and the music that he makes and the people who are the fans of that. And that's who we want to want to communicate with. I don't think we really have a wide-ranging audience. I think primarily the people that listen to what we do on a weekly basis are the folks who we talk to or we communicate with uh, in other ways on social media. And that's because they are huge fans of Blackville Brides. So we'll talk about that later on as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's kind of get into Andy's email that he sent. Or uh, it wasn't an email, it was an Instagram uh, message that he sent out to the fans this week. Because it had a really curious response from some people that I want to talk to you about. Go for it. Um, Andy sent out an Instagram And he said in the Instagram, and I'll quote him, Thank you to everyone who has been so supportive of my debut solo record. The constant outpouring of love you have given me in my career is incredible. And I just want to say as I sit and reflect on what 2016 has been so far, that I am truly a very fortunate man. When I was younger and fancied myself a rebel, I often said and did things that I have come to regret as I get older. I feel that it is natural and I have learned to be a better man and hope to become who I've always wanted to be. It's a journey and not one that I take lightly. Thank you for always sticking by my side through every phase and iteration of my life. And I promise you that there are many fun and exciting new things that I'm working on for the coming months. This year, I changed a lot about myself to become a healthier and happier person. I have an incredibly loving wife, a wonderful family, and a dedicated and loyal group of fans and friends. As I have said before, I will do my best to never let you down, Andy. Heartfelt. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, in this day and age, we we really want and almost demand that our celebrities or the people that we uh, that we support communicate with us directly uh, via social media. And I think Andy's been done a really good job of that over the years. And I think this in particular shows uh, uh, somebody who is growing, who is maturing as a, as a man and who wants people to um, know a little bit more about him and the journey that he's taking and show appreciation for that. So I thought it was, it was very well received by the vast majority of the fans who were, uh, who were, um, uh, who saw it and and uh, retweeted it or communicated about it. And I think it's a good insight into kind of where Andy is in his life right now as a, a newly married man and somebody who's uh, so focused on his career and on creating art in, in a variety of different forms. And the different things that, like he said, he's got to share with the fans that are going to be coming up that he's so excited about that he can't talk about yet, but 
you know, I know what those things are. I wish I could also talk to other people about them, but, uh, you know, I'm not going to spoil the surprise. And also, once you say that something's going to be this, and it turns out to be something slightly different or that, then people kind of hold you to that. So Sure, sure. But there, surely there are some pundits out there as far as uh, this missive uh, Andy sent out. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, there was some cr- criticism of it, and I thought that was really interesting i i i guess it's disappointing but i don't even know if it's disappointing anymore because it's kind of become norm that somebody's going to find something in what you say and they're just going to focus on that apparently him saying when i was younger and fancied myself a rebel i often said and did things that i've come to regret as i get older was just kind of uh, twisted around by people saying oh he you know he we loved you because you were a rebel we that's what the reason the reason that we uh enjoyed you as an artist or enjoyed you in blackville brides or what made blackville brides so special to us is that you were a rebel i don't think that he's saying that his music and the way he he approaches things he's no longer rebellious i just think that he's thinking how he could have handled certain situations in the public eye better and that as he grows as a man he's come to understand better ways to do that don't hate on evolution, people. Right. You I mean, know. so here's here's some of the comments that I thought were interesting. People saying, uh, Andy has changed. Yes, he has. Yeah. <laughs> when Andy was when Andy first hit the 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 public eye and, and the consciousness of a lot of people was in two thousand and nine when the music video for Knives and Pens came out. Okay, and that's when people first really found out who he was. Uh-huh. That was almost, and I mean, that was six years ago, uh-huh. seven years ago. I'm sorry, seven years ago. See that math? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even, I'm not, my, that not my. I'm going to blame that on Jeff Siebert. Remember, ah. Jeff Siebert would say things in class like, <laughs> "I know how to do it." This is a teacher that David and I had at Moeller High School. He would say, because he was a football coach, basically, yeah, yeah. and he would say, "I don't know. I know how to do it. I just don't know how to get you to know how to do it." And they pay you? And they paid him, and he was a teacher. Right. Jeff Siebert. Man, I'd forgotten all about that. I know. Sorry. Sorry about that. I, I digress, but I just thought that that was uh, quite, kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, and also said, and one of the quotes that I also saw was that uh, Andy has turned his back on his old friends, on his old fans, on his old friends. Mm. He never had old friends. Um, Andy <laughs> has turned his back on his old fans. So by growing by becoming a trying to become a better person. I mean, here's the thing is Andy takes criticism no matter what he does. If he's drinking whiskey and he's uh, smoking, then he's ruining his health. Uh-huh. If he's now no longer drinking and he's cut back significantly on smoking and he's eating almost like a vegetarian type of uh, almost a vegan uh, meal, now he's no longer the old Andy that we loved. Yeah. Yeah. If he's wearing makeup, it's if he took the makeup off and focused on the music, then we might listen to him. Now that he's uh, he's all he's done that for years. Now it's if he put the makeup back on, maybe he that we we would I would like the band again. It's no matter what you do, there's always going to be a faction of people that are going to be uh, contrarians, mm-hmm. and they're going to find something to not like you, no matter what it is. So. This is what I want to say about that is that I really appreciate those of you who are open-minded enough to understand that we are all developing human beings, that we all have different um, interests as we grow older, things that we appreciate, things that we no longer uh, enjoy nearly as much, and that that's just part of being a human being. I appreciate everybody who understands that. I think that most of you who get that are mature. And maybe some of that comes from from age or from wisdom. Mm-hmm. Those of you who do not get that at this point in time, who are criticizing others for "quote unquote" changing or turning their back on the way they used to be way back in the day, maybe your life experiences aren't as, as uh, uh, strong at, at this point in time, as, or or as uh, uh, you don't have as many life experiences as you will as you grow older, uh, and you'll understand better that that is a normal maturation process of a human being. And I think that to criticize Andy or anybody else for growing and for acknowledging that they want to become a better person, 
uh, is kind of foolhardy. I think we would laud um, folks like that, you know, their their forward movement, their development, if they were to, say, move out of their parents' house at, uh, you know, at 35 years old. That, that would be, you know, we, we would congratulate you. We would see that yeah, as a part of the maturation yeah, I think that, process. Yeah, I think that, the, that there are probably some folks that are, that are, who are quick to criticize and are quick to say, Negative things. Uh, the one thing that I always find hilarious is when somebody says, well, I want the old Andy back. We want the old Andy back. Uh, You're not going to get him. Yeah. You can wish all you want. You're not, you know, he's the same Andy. He's just a, 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 he has more life experience. He's got other things in his life that are of interest to him and he uses them in his art and he will continue to do so. I don't think that as his dad, I don't think that what Andy does now is is a complete departure in any way, shape, or form from what he was doing when he was younger. He's just got more information. He's got more experience. He's a smarter, more uh, in, well-informed person than he was when he was 17 and 18 years old when he first kind of burst onto the public eye. Right. But he's 25 years old now. He's a married man. He's got different set of experiences to draw from when he creates his art and and when he talks to people and does interviews and everything else i don't think when 80 was 17 or 18 years old though he was embarrassing as far as to how he talked to people and how he treated other people mm-hmm. and i don't think at age 25 you can say that despite all the successes that he's had that he's any different with regard to how respectful he is of other people and how he treats people particularly how he treats his fans and the people that support the band those are the only things that, in my opinion, anybody who is a consumer and or a fan of anything should be concerned with. Right. Is the art and is the, is the product that's being put out there uh, of quality and is it getting even better? And does the person who I support and, and uh, do they appreciate the support that I give them? I, I don't care what, what walk of life you're in. I don't care what you're talking about. I don't care what... Uh, events that you're that you're going to, whether it be entertainment, sports, the film industry, whatever. That's pretty much all you can ask of the artists themselves when when it comes to providing you with entertainment and acknowledging you as a fan. Mm-hmm. That's I've never asked anybody to fucking give me a phone call or tweet me back or or uh, tell me I'm their best friend or I'm their buddy or any of those other things because I like their movie. Right. I've never, I've never had a conversation with my favorite rock stars of any significance or any length outside of just a a casual saying hello to them because of the the fact that my son's in the industry Mm -hmm. and I don't expect it. It's not like, you know, I had a, I've, I've said to the people that I've met in the industry before, um, who Andy's pretty close to, and I would have the ability to contact them and talk to them all the time. But guess what? They've got other things to do. Right. And so do I. We all live our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the, the premise that, that uh, you know, and we're going to talk about this a little bit, but some people just think that that's what I do, that I'm just sitting around promoting Andy and talking about Andy and, and then I'm shortchanging and saying negative things about everybody else that somehow in their mind, despite the evidence, which is if you go down my Twitter profile, you'll see how many other bands that I say all kinds of positive things about and promote and just without any, I don't have anybody that's, that's uh, uh, asking me to do this. I find something that I like. Somebody shows me something and I, usually it's a fan and I'll say, Hey, I checked it out. I really like it. And I'll tell that band that, Mm -hmm. That's, I don't, nobody, I don't have to do that stuff, but I get criticized if I do too much about Andy and Blackville or too much about Andy in particular in comparison to everything else. And I think to myself, how much are you and I getting paid for this? Uh, nothing. In fact, it costs us. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. So I don't want to belabor that point, but I did think it was interesting that, uh, no matter how hard you try to communicate and, and, and like I said, you agree with me, that was a heartfelt letter and a, and a message to the fans. And Andy's been doing that for years. That's not the first time that he's ever done that. He's very uh, open and shares a lot of things with people. He explains things to people when in a day and age that you don't really have to, you shouldn't, your words are going to get twisted around. And that's the weird thing about it is in this particular case, 
clearly his words were twisted around by people that had a reason to try to do that or an agenda to try to find fault with him. Uh-huh, uh-huh. The next step or the next step point I want to make here, step, we're taking steps, uh, <laughs> as I want to talk about Juliet Sims' new record, From the Grave. That was released yesterday, and uh, it met incredible critical acclaim from pretty much every rock magazine and rock website uh, that's out there. And and it, it should. It's an amazing uh, eight-song EP, pretty close to an album. Remember when we were kids, basically albums were nine or ten songs mm-hmm. maximum. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of albums that I that I got from, uh, like if you got one from somebody who was like kind of a, a band that did jams, Right. Like, it wouldn't have had more than eight songs on it anyway. So this is uh, an eight-song EP, and uh, really it's it's the style that Juliet has and how she performs is a blast from our past. It's a really cool thing. We talk about not living in the past, but having knowing that there's an artist who's out there who can kind of bring back the the, the – you know, the memories of some tremendous rock artists from the past, like Stevie Nicks and uh, Pat Benatar and Janis Joplin. Mm-hmm. You know, these are all, and Linda Rodstadt is another one that comes to mind. Um, these are, uh, you know, people that we were kind of accustomed to hearing that strong female vocalist, little edgy, gruff. Right. Even, you know, Joan Jett would be somebody that I would think of as well, who had that, and we... There wasn't any, you know, I didn't think, oh, I can't fucking listen to, to uh, Hart and Nancy Wilson because it's a female. It's just like a fucking, you know, you just accepted it. It was a rock song and it was a great band or artist and and they were a part of it. They were just as big a part of the rock scene in our, in our when we were growing up as anybody else. And the weird thing about it is, is that now there really isn't, I'm not saying there isn't any great artists out there. Haley Williams of Paramore is a very... Uh, big artists that's out there. I can think of a, no, a number of other women in the rock scene. And we've talked to some guys about this who are also um, positive, but since they're not my daughter-in-law, I'm not going to talk about them now. Um, <laughs> when If they were my daughter-in-law, I'd probably talk a lot more about them, but their fucking parents can talk about them on their podcast. There they, you go. Uh, but anyway, Juliet's uh, EP came out and met uh, incredible acclaim from a variety of different sources, and rightly so. And I've been listening to it since last night. Uh, some tremendous songs. I would encourage anybody who loves um, the kind of stuff that we used to hear back in the 70s and the 80s from from the artists that I mentioned before, who wants to hear true emotion and not overly produced and homogenized things and sick and tired of always having the popular music artists, female artists in particular, shoved down their throat from Nickelodeon and Disney. Yeah. And wants to hear somebody with a heart and with soul and with a life experience of positives and negatives and things that they've overcome. If you really want to hear that and have something touch your heart and touch your soul, do yourself a favor and get her album. It's Believe me, it's worth it. Even if you're not into um, that's you know kind of a soulful style, you're not into that, and you're you know whatever your musical tastes are, it's worth hearing some of this stuff because it'll just be uplifting for you. Absolutely. It really will be. Yeah. Okay, so from a really positive thing to a somewhat peculiar and I guess we call it negative thing, uh, we kind of touched on, on this a little bit when I was talking about Andy, but. It's curious to me that, uh, and I use the word curious again because I don't know how else to put it. I don't understand the mentality of the people who are, who are out there criticizing me for constantly promoting and uh, supporting my son via social media. Um, let's just face the facts. I am a 53-year-old man who has worked in the same uh, government organization for 26 years. Um, I am a, I have a master's degree in human resource development. I am a, a trainer. I am primarily somebody who's in charge of contract negotiations and labor relations matters for the largest public employer in all of Cincinnati, Hamilton County. Um, and you, my friend, are in the banking business. Indeed. And you have been working in that uh, in that area for what 
20 years? Well, no, no, actually only uh, 15 years. About eleven. I well, okay. I got out of radio and then I went into right. Banking. Used to Crazy be right. Used segue. to be right. And used to be obviously we talked about that last week. Used to be in radio. So the reason that and I talk about the reason I mentioned those two things is that I neither one of us is paid to do this, mm-hmm. and neither one of us does it out of any other reason other than it's a labor of love. It's two things. It's an opportunity for two old friends, two guys who used to be in bands together, who grew up loving rock music. It's an opportunity for us to talk about uh, the current rock scene, be- and also because of my, it's my son and his band, and we have insights and information about that that the normal person might not have because of the connections that we have. Sure. And so the fact that people are critical of me and call me, and one person referred to me as a rock and roll soccer mom, hmm. which I apologize to all soccer moms <laughs> are not nearly as bad as i am yeah. um and then you know things of like uh, andy's one of the, andy's dad is one of the worst things about the blackville brides fan base uh, or andy's dad is pathetic get a life old man and stop living off of your son um number one i've never received a dollar from blackville brides or from andy mm-hmm. um i've spent a lot of money on blackville brides yeah. And on Andy, uh, I've never asked anybody for any money. And I don't really give a shit about celebrity or fame or any of those other things. I don't do any of those things um, for that purpose. I do it because, uh, number one, I love my son. And number two, I've talked to uh, and had the privilege of talking to people who are almost every bit as loyal and dedicated and fanatical about Andy and about Blackville Brides as I am, which is a really amazing thing. I mean, he's my son and he's Amy's son. So I get why, why we're constantly excited and enthusiastic. He's a, you know, it's your kid. But when I meet and talk to people who are just as excited and enthusiastic and proud of the development of Andy from the time that he was a 17-year-old or 18-year-old in the public eye to the time where he is now as a 25-year-old man, it really touches me. It's a, something that, that I, I love talking to these people every day. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a communication that I can't hardly explain to anybody else other than the folks who I'm, who I'm touching base with. So that's the Twitter end of things. And then, of course, the podcast is an opportunity to talk about things outside of the, 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 the restraints or the constraints of a, you know, 140 characters in a, in a tweet. Mm-hmm. We can get in more depth uh, talking about this or talking about a variety of different subjects here than we can via other social media forums. Sure. So, you know, I just, it's an interesting thing to me that people would, would say that. But having said that, I'm not going to apologize for it. I'm going to continue to do what I've been doing. I've been doing it since Andy was uh, 15 years old when he first started his first band. And I was the guy who was the roadie and I was the merch sales guy. And I was the guy who set up the stage and I was the guy who sat behind the drum kit and, and did the fog machine and, and turned the lights on and off. And I was the guy who, who cleaned up everything at the end of the night and the guy who settled with the, with the bar owners and booked the shows and, and uh, rented the vans and drove the vans and did all the things up until the point in time that Andy, uh, you know, got a recording contract. And then that thing was turned over to professionals, people that really knew what the hell they were doing. People in Los Angeles, like Blasco and mercenary management and LaPolt law with Dina LaPolt and a variety of different people that Andy's had uh, the pleasure of working with over the years who have helped develop his career for him. I took on the role of unofficial fan uh, relations guy when I no longer was involved directly from a business standpoint. And I've been doing that consistently. When I say consistently, I've sent out over 144,000 tweets, Dave. Mm. Uh, I've, which is more tweets than actual followers that I have. I don't know a lot of people that have the number of followers who have more tweets than that. Um, there's a lot of people who have a lot of followers who follow a lot of people. I don't follow a lot of people. My followers numbers is not all that significant or great, 
But I tweet a lot, and I tweet always uh, consistently about Andy, about Blackvale. And now, of course, I spend uh, some time tweeting about Juliet because she is a, a beer sack. She's a part of this family. Mm-hmm. And so that's where my loyalties are. My t- Twitter profile is very clear. Family, friends, and loyalty. Those are my three things that I, that I, am, I value and that I will always be consistent about. No matter what happens in my life, no matter what circumstances occur, whether people uh, I fall out with people, whether I have issues and, 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 and things occur in my life, it'll always come back to those three things. If you're my family, if you're my friend, and if there's a certain level of loyalty that we share with one another, we'll always be golden. We'll always be together in some way, shape, or form. That's just the way it works. You and I have had... Uh, falling out over the period of time that we've been friends, and it always comes back to the same thing: who's my friend? Right. Who can I trust, and who do I have? Who who do I, uh, um, you know, who do I have a past history with where they would understand things about me that nobody else would? Exactly right. Yeah. Yep. So I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to belabor that point, but I just want to, I want to speak to that because I think that people have a, a misunderstanding about my role. And the what I do with regard to Andy and with Blackville Brides, it's it's I don't get paid. I have a regular job. <laughs> I have had that. I have had it. I'm a manager, and a like I said, I have a, an important role in the in the in where I work. I still am about four years away from retirement, uh, and so I. <laughs> they should really reserve the. They should hold on to those comments. Um, and use them, you know, when we start talking about putting together a BVB tribute band or something. Yeah, but yeah, until yeah, then, exactly, you know. exactly. If I was if I was out there trying to sell a record for myself, yeah. If I was out there fucking saying I'm going to have the uh, the old school uh, Chris Beersack and Dave Baroni, uh, the mem- the uh, the uh, what was the, the, the White Lies. Mm-hmm. If we're going to have that uh, uh, reunion tour or whatever, then people could, I think, legitimately say. Mm, Kind of living off of your son there, buddy. There you go. Yeah. You know, but we've never done anything like that. And it's not like the podcast is done for any personal gain. It's just something that we do because it's fun and something that we do because we think that people who listen to this podcast will get something out of it as far as information and knowledge about Blackville Brides and about Andy and about Juliet and about their friends. I mean, that's also, we do interview other bands. We do talk to people. But I don't really give a shit, and I'm not going to give a shit. I'm not going to pretend like I give a shit about promoting every band that's out there ad nauseum. This isn't a radio station here. Right. Okay? I don't have any fucking obligation to anybody out there other than my family and my friends. And that also goes directly to my son's friends, his family and his friends. Exactly. (laughs) Sure. That's it. And if I don't really give a shit, I reach out to bands all the time and ask them to do interviews with us. Most of them blow us off. Yep. That's the reality of it. Okay. Does it bother me that they blow me off? Not really. It's a disrespectful in many ways, but it doesn't really bother me because at the end, I don't really give a shit whether they're successful. I only care if Andy is successful, if his band is successful, if his fam- if my family is successful. If somebody is willing and wants to, um, you know, come on our show and talk about their stuff. And I know them and they're friends of Andy's and everything else. Sure. I'm more than happy to do that. The same goes for the alternative press music awards on Monday. Mm -hmm. Will there be people that I want to talk to? Of course, they're friends of Andy's. I know them. Will there be other artists who might come up to me and want to talk to me? Uh, because they're smart enough to realize that maybe they can reach some other fans through, through Andy. Mm -hmm. Sure. And if they are, God bless them. Yep. That's a smart move. Good for you. Mm-hmm. But am I going to chase down all these other fucking bands? Do I really give a shit if I talk to them? No. No. Not at all. No. Not in any way, shape, or form. I, I, if I could spend the minimum amount of time on the, on the uh, red carpet that night in 92-degree heat talking to the folks that I really want to talk to and then talking to some Blackville Brides fans and getting audio from all of those people that we could use in the future for our podcast – that would be perfect. That would be ideal, right? You don't want to. You don't want to get a bunch of interviews from people that we don't talk about or don't give a shit about us or have said negative things about Andy or Blackville or no, 
no. I don't want any of that shit. Why would I want to fucking promote somebody or, or, or talk about them on my podcast or on Twitter who has basically been rude to me? Uh-huh. But, you know, so at any rate, <laughs> that's enough of that. Let's, let's move forward to something that I found. Let's, I don't want to say it's grandpa news because I don't consider Corey Taylor to be grandpa news. But it all goes back to the same thing that we were talking about in, in several other podcasts that we've done in this yonder pouch cell phone issue that seems to be cropping up all the time. Mm-hmm. Also, this, kind of, this goes back to the Dave uh, Draymond disturbed thing that we talked about. <laughs> it seems like cell phones are the, the bane of all the, of the uh, uh, celebrities' existence these days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about this video that I saw. This is up on Loudwire. And... Uh, well, we get a lot of our grandpa news. And it was Corey Taylor in a Slipknot show. Corey, I don't know. Is he still got a broken neck? I don't know. He's walking around with a brace on. He's probably under, in all fairness to him, what I'm about to say was probably somewhat drug-induced. Mm-hmm. Because he's probably taking painkillers to do his show, I would assume. But it's just a weird thing. He walks up to the front of the stage, and there's a dude in the front row who's looking down at his cell phone. Okay, he's not holding the cell phone up in the air, by the way. It's not like he's because that that to me, when people are holding up shit and and they're in the front and people can't see or whatever, I think that you could probably make an argument that that's uh, not ideal. It's a nuisance to other people. Sure. This dude has literally got the cell phone over the barrier and he's kind of and so his arms are down and he's looking at his cell phone and Corey Taylor from Slipknot walks over there. And knocks it out of the guy's hand onto the ground. Mm. And, of course, metalheads unite in worshiping Corey Taylor and Slipknot and say the most ridiculous things in their comment section that I, I think you could ever see. But then, then again, let's think about who's saying it, and then you realize it's not as ridiculous as you would, would have thought. Mm. The comments are ridiculous. The idea of them saying it, certainly not. The premise that is often shared is that this guy who was in the front uh, had a choice that that real fans would have loved to have had, and he was being disrespectful to Corey Taylor by looking at his phone when he should have been worshiping him <laughs> and uh, paying his full attention to Corey Taylor and Slipknot. Yeah. Because that, that you have an obligation or a responsibility when you buy a ticket to, re, to act in a certain way as it was said repeatedly he should have been screaming his lungs out and yelling his head off and rocking out because that's the respectful thing to do exactly that's what you paid for yeah that's and and, again again would i be looking at my cell phone and looking down at my cell phone repeatedly and i don't know if this guy did it repeatedly or not maybe he fucking had somebody in the venue who was saying are you up at the front and he was like yeah i'm up here yeah I don't know. I have no idea what he was doing. It didn't appear like he was creating any kind of a disturbance, but Corey Taylor, just like Dave Draymond, found fault with the guy, and then he tried to defend himself on the... Uh, and, you know, I may run into Corey Taylor at uh, at the APMAs. Uh, he's supposed to be there. He was there last year. How Slipknot wound up at the Alternative Press Music Awards uh, uh, is amazing to me, but I guess there's no other award show, so... All of the dudes who used to go to the Revolver Golden Gods and make fun of all the bands that were uh, on Warp Tour are now fucking showing up at the Alternative Press Music Awards because uh-huh. there's nowhere else for them to go. So, <laughs> right. right. You know, I, hey, whatever. I don't really give a shit. Mike Shea, I don't want to make it sound like I'm criticizing Mike Shea for bringing on uh, these other bands. We've talked about it in a previous podcast, but it's always interesting to me that the bands that were fucking the metal revolver, golden gods, everything was metal, this and metal that have now all of a sudden become alternative. <laughs> we're going to yeah. see, we're going to, we got there's a couple of guys that you're going to see that are at this thing that you go, really? Have you ever even read alternative press magazine? Did you even know what the fuck that was? But whatever. <laughs> okay. So, so, um, What's your take on that? I mean, I, I, I don't know if, if, if we're beating a dead horse on this, but is it your responsibility as a, somebody who pays for the ticket? And in this guy's case, he either did one of two things. He either got there earlier than everybody else, if it was general admission. I don't really know because he's standing. But if it was general admission, he got there before everybody else and he got up in the front. Mm-hmm. Or he paid a shit ton of money to be up there. 
Well, e- either way, he um, I-, I think kicking his uh, the phone out of his hand, you know, was uncalled for. Um, he was showing that he was a fan, whether it be um, because he paid extra money to be up front or where he got there early. That's showing dedication. Right. And, and regardless, regardless of what he was doing at that exact moment or how he was enjoying the concert, yeah. there's a huge difference between somebody who is creating some type of disturbance or causing there to be a uh, an interruption of the show for other people, even if it's a couple people in the audience, mm-hmm. not just the performer. There's a difference between that and just not being into it. Exactly, yeah. No. I mean, you. how are you going to fuck? How can... It's getting to a point where people have a certain expectation of the audience as opposed to an expectation of themselves. Right, right. But what the fuck are you getting to criticize people? Hey, I don't have a problem if somebody's in the audience flipping you off for you to say, you know, if you don't like it, get the fuck out of here. Right. That's a punk rock thing to do. If you want to fucking, you know, or, you know, you're pushing other fans or you're doing something to be disruptive. That's fine. Even if it's only a couple of people in the audience who are being disruptive, if those people paid and their concert experience is being ruined by some other jackass, mm-hmm. then I think that a performer has a right, if they want to, to address that. Sure. And Andy's done it on multiple occasions. He's taken criticism for it, but I don't. there's never been a situation where Andy has seen somebody who wasn't into it at the show um, and criticize them for not being into it. That's a fucking kind of a, that's a Vince, that's a Vince Neil, Neil move. Yeah. 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 That's a Vince Neil move. That's a, you're not, uh, you're not worshiping me enough at this exact moment. <laughs> and I don't appreciate that. Why aren't you gazing at my pot belly, man? Right, right. That's a Dave Draymond move. <laughs> you're in the balcony. Nobody can fucking see you, but me, right. but I'm going to talk to you about and, and call you out for, for not liking, uh, for not being respectful enough to not to put your cell phone down. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. That's what I would do. I'm gonna. I swear to God, I'll fucking go to their shows, and I will look at my goddamn cell phone. And if they fucking get it, give me shit about it, I swear to God. <laughs> I don't have the money to bail you out, man. I know. Well, I wouldn't go to their show in the first place, so that's a big lie. There you go. Yeah. Right. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't drop a dime on any of those motherfuckers. No, so no. it doesn't really matter. But it's beyond ridiculous. So that that you know, and the, here's the worst part about it is. The people that defend them, that kiss their ass mm. and act like, that's right, man. That's the way you got to be. I would have done the same thing. Really? Was that what you would have done? Would it be, what if it was your fucking cell phone? What if the cell phone broke? Because I'm just going to tell you, a cell phone drops, screen crashes, that's a new cell phone. Exactly. Screen replacement on cell phones is off, oftentimes more expensive than buying a new fucking cell phone. Mm-hmm. So if Corey Taylor knocks your, you're just going to go, well, he has to pay for it. Okay. Why do it in the first place? Yeah. yeah. It's just ridiculous. So anyway, enough of that. Sorry, Corey Taylor, but that was bullshit. <laughs> okay. And then the next grand aging concert goer knocked out in mosh pit from spin kick. Aging. I sent this video to you. I don't know if you had an opportunity to look at it or not, but here's the thing. It was a, it was a, you know, kind of like this, uh, this, uh, screamo death metal guy in a band that literally had four people watching it if you can i think the four people that are are in the video are the only people that are actually there Uh other than the guys in the band when you have more band members than people in your audience it's not a great gig no okay so there's a guy and he's he can tell he's he's inebriated but i think you'd almost have to be to be at this show Uh At any rate, he's looking out for people in a quote-unquote mosh pit. Now, a mosh pit probably shouldn't consist of one other or two other people. It's Then it's just simply what? Assault? Yeah, simple assault. Yeah. Or blocking? Is this a, like a blocking drill that we're I, doing? And Really, real, realistically, that's all it is. You're ramming yourself into one other person. So it's assault. Mm-hmm. And so this guy is looking out. He's, he's sketchy as all hell anyway. But then again... A, Let's point to the fact that he's in some tiny little club watching some shitty metal band that nobody's ever going to hear of. Um, and there's three other people that are there. Yeah. And so he's looking at and he's trying to find people that he can ram into or that he can punch or that he can hit or whatever. And so he's making a nuisance of himself. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's trying to find somebody to hit. 
and then all of a sudden, you from out of camera range in this video, you see somebody fucking slee his ass with a roundhouse to his face and knock him cold, unconscious, yeah. Yeah. as the metal band continues to play. <laughs> Yeah, well, the, he's laying on the ground. This, this is uh, actually I, I, I had to look this up after you sent it. It's a band out of Mississippi, so that says a lot right there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're not, not you're not going to have a whole lot of Rhodes scholars in the audience for this band. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah, nothing against the band. I don't know. I hate fucking death metal and that kind of stuff. That's so. retarded, but that's just right. Me. And what it, what it, and beyond, but what's worse than that? Moshing. Yeah. moshing it's a fucking retard it's it's just stupid okay I, I, i'm sorry maybe i'm old and maybe they, there'll be people that listen to this that love to mosh and all the rest of that and maybe in the right context of there's a lot of people and you're just kind of all in a group you're energized and you're bumping into each other and all the rest of that maybe it's a lot of fun i think crowd surfing and all the rest of that is is weird too i've, I've never I've, andy's never fucking said that at one of his shows I want to see you make a circle pit, and I want to see this group of people over here and this group of people in a death wall and smash into each other and beat the crap out of each other. And I want to see this person here lifted up over the crowd and have their Doc Martin boots smash a girl in the head 15 times and see people bleeding. Yeah, that's what I want to yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. And I've been to shows like that, and I was at a, I was at Bring Me the Horizon in uh, Warped Tour 2013. <laughs> And Ollie Sykes, half of his show was telling the audience, giving them directions on shit he wanted them to do. And, and we got to a point where it was almost like, and I want you to take 15 steps behind the merch tent, and I want you to walk over there on one foot. And, then, and it was like, okay, can you fucking do a song? Do, you, I, do we need any more directions for the crowd here? Who doesn't love a puppet? No, to be fair, you know. Right. Everybody needs a puppet. <laughs> God, man, that's just like so. It was so weird that that number one that I see this. Number two, this guy's doing this in a club where clearly there was nobody else there. So I don't know what you get out of it. Yeah. And number three, if I whatever happened to just going to the show and being and watching the the uh, the entertainer or watching the the musicians on stage. Oh, that's crazy talk. Singing man. along with them, um, you know, being a part of that communal experience. Do people that go to a show have to worry about getting hit in the head all the time now? Uh, or smacked in the back or knocked over? I got to tell you, man, I'm fucking 53 with a bad back and so are you, my friend. Yeah, yes. Are you and I going to fucking go to a show and get anywhere close to the stage anymore? No, no, that's not going to no, happen. We no, we can't. And why should we not have be able to do that? I can stand. Yeah. We should be, if I can stand and I can enjoy the music, I shouldn't be limited from where I can stand. But apparently nowadays, if you can't take a, a beating in the, in the, you can't go to a show in Mississippi anyway. Well, in Mississippi. So, yeah. yeah. All right. So the next grandpa news that we have is, uh, <laughs> Joe Perry, famed guitarist of Aerosmith now performing uh, with a bunch of other old guys yeah. and Johnny Depp on uh, uh, and Hollywood Vampires, apparently mid-gig, mid-show in, in, in Brooklyn, um, he falls out and uh, turns out that he has uh, cardiac arrest. Yes. Band continues to play, though. They just think it's just because Joe had a tough night. Yeah, it took one for the... Uh... Took, took one for, one for the, the team, yeah. yeah. So Alice Cooper and whatever other old guy was with uh, he and Johnny Depp, um, they just continue to plow along. Um, here's the thing about it. I think that Hollywood Vampires as a, as a concept is a cool idea for one-offs, for, you know, the occasional show in, in Hollywood, you know, at the Whiskey or at the <laughs> Troubadour or any other place that uh, people that like to – to worship uh, 80s rock bands that were relevant 35, 40 years ago. Yeah, but what the fuck are you touring for? Right, but touring when you're that age... No. No. It's, it's, people are like, I'm shocked. Really? You're shocked. <laughs> you're shocked that a guy who looks like death <laughs> yes. had a fucking cardiac arrest. Yeah. That's shocking to you. 65 years old. Um, not out of the realm of possibility uh, for anyone at 65 years old. So, yeah. So anybody who's, who's tweeting along saying that they're shocked by that and that they can't believe it again, stop living in the past. 
There are fucking plenty of bands out there now who are not going to die on stage. But you don't have to buy your ticket and think to yourself, well, maybe you think to yourself, maybe I should get a ticket because somebody might die. <laughs> right. That's, that's right? the, uh, yeah. Is that's, that the draw now? That's the world. Is that the draw at. when I go see fucking Kiss at the Nutter Center that I, hey, Gene Simmons might die that night. Yeah. I don't want to miss it. I saw his last show. He's 75 years old. I don't want to miss it. <laughs> I got to go. <laughs> Come on now, man. I wouldn't miss it for my life. <laughs> or for his. Or his. Right. Yeah. All right. So. <laughs> oh, no. The next topic. Uh, uh, you remember the guy, uh, uh, John Hetlinger, who did uh, uh, drowning pools, bodies hit the floor on our bodies, whatever the fuck it's called. I don't know. Uh, yeah. You were in radio back when that song was was, uh, yeah. was all the rage. Um, he, you sent me this video, and so I watched it. It was on America's Got Talent, and of course, on America's Got Talent, that guy, just anybody doing fucking uh, bodies hit the floor would 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 get uh, a kick out. N- yeah, yeah, nerdy America who watches America's Got Talent or those kind of yeah. stupid uh, karaoke shows, they're going to be fucking uh, blown away by anything that's out of the norm. Okay, so you get an 80-something-year-old guy up there, and he's doing bodies at the floor, which, by the way, he sounded like an 80-something-year-old man doing bodies. bodies on the floor. Yeah, yeah. Okay, he, it didn't sound like, but because he's an 80-something-year-old man, everybody was like, oh, fucking, that's amazing. That's yeah. awesome. It's kind of mental illness is what I would call it, uh, yeah. to be honest with you. It's kind of like something that you want to say to gr- grandpa. Oh, don't do that. It's fucking embarrassing for the family. <laughs> but nobody told him that, which nah. is kind of the way it works in most of these talent shows, is yeah. that nobody in the family is apparently stepping up and saying, eh, no, don't do that. That's, they all act like, that's the greatest thing ever. It's his dream. Well, I don't really think it's his dream. I think he fucking, he, he can scream as an old man, which there's plenty of old men that can scream if you remember from our youth. Uh, yeah. Fucking go in that old man's yard. <laughs> he was fucking drowning pooling us the whole time. There was plenty of guys, man. If I fucking lo- if my baseball went over into his yard, I got a drowning pool out of it. Yeah, yeah, you did. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so anyway, uh, you know, as, as things happen to do, we can never just let fucking go, oh, that was cute. We have to fucking just make it a, a bigger thing than anything. And, it, and it's all about promotion. And it's all about marketing or or, or getting people to be talk about your band. So Drowning Pool did the typical thing, which is, the, you know, we got to get as much out of this as we possibly can. So we're going to invite 82-year-old grandpa on stage with us at the Chicago Open Air Fest. Uh, and I don't know Drowning Pool. I have nothing against them. They're, I don't know how old they are. Anybody who's over there in their 40s or whatever that's, that's rocking or whatever at this point in time, I go, hmm, okay. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they're in their thirties. I don't. I don't. I. I really don't know. And I have nothing against them. I kind of like that song, to be honest with you. When he was out there, you know, I thought it was interesting. It was a great song to hear when you were at a sporting event, like a hockey game or something. Mm-hmm. Good song for that. Um, but you know, don't, don't care. But this guy is invited on stage and he performs with Drowning Pool. Now, the irony of an eighty-two-year-old man performing at a uh, Grandpa Fest. It was lost probably on the vast majority of people that are looking at this. This is on Loudwire who publicizes all the grandpa news that you need to know. And they're just jacked up about it. And their description of it, if you read the description, is that the crowd was going nuts. The crowd is fucking, this guy's nailing it. And it's awesome. So if you watch the actual video of itself instead of just reading the article, you realize that, number one, this guy is... Like, he's leading the crowd. He's about as big of an old man ham as you're going to find. Mm-hmm. It's, this isn't just him being on stage coming on, and, and it's, it's a cool moment because he's a fan. He's not really a fan. I guarantee he doesn't know any other fucking song that they do. He knew that song, and he comes on stage, and, of course, he doesn't know how to jump in, and, and they have to kind of, like, keep trying to prompt him to jump in and do, start the song. And when he does, he's completely off time. And then the guy has to, and all he really does the entire time is just say the bodies hit the floor. He doesn't, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it never gets to a point where he's doing the lyrics of the song like he does in the karaoke version that he does on America's Got Talent. And you can see in the crowd that people that are up front, at least the younger people, they're not fucking overjoyed. They're not losing their shit. They're kind of like, okay, that's enough. Yeah, yeah. Okay, grandpa. Yeah, that was great. And then they kind of like try to, try to um uh 
gradually and casually get him off the stage, which is not an easy thing to do because he thinks he's a rock star now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but but the funny part about this whole thing, funnier than that, is that they actually say in the article, "You still got an opportunity to catch him at the at the uh, clink at the." What is it called? The Ink and the Clink Festival, mm-hmm. apparently because it's in Mansfield where they have the federal prison. They call it the Ink in the Clink Great. Festival in Mansfield, Ohio. Today, Dave, today, as we're recording this, you and I could get in the fucking car, drive to Mansfield, Ohio, and see 82-year-old James Hetlinger butcher the shit out of Drowning Pool's only redeeming song. Uh, I'll pass on that, man. Oh, man, I thought you would be up. <laughs> so. So this was this performance by Mr. Hetlinger or Hetlinger or whatever was only slightly more cringy than what I would call the call the normal old man rock performances that we get to see. Mm-hmm. Just slightly more cringy than seeing uh, Motley Crue on their final tour. Well, you know, um, I, actually, I have that article up, and uh, C.J. Pierce from Drowning Pool um, was quoted as saying, "I'm so excited by it. It's awesome to." just see an 82 year old man get out there and belt some metal whether <laughs> whether it was our song or okay any look song. at the, watch the video and see his look on his face as he's trying to coax this guy to do something and jump in on the song see how how excited he was yeah i mean he can say whatever he wants but your 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 uh, your facial expressions and in your action speak words and it's cringy man i'm just gonna tell it's cringy and i know that's not the popular thing to say i know that we're all supposed to just fucking go isn't it awesome man that an 82 year old man no it's not it's not awesome because i'll tell you why because 75 year old men are dying on stage now and we're all going we're this is a terrible year for rock yeah all of our heroes are dying all of our heroes are dying you know why they're dying because you fucking kept them as heroes (laughs) until the time that they were 80 years old (laughs) exactly right exactly right yeah yeah yeah, I blame the fans, man. <laughs> God. Okay, one more grandpa news, right. just to kind of get it out of the way. The uh, this is something that we've talked about a couple of times. You know, Vince was uh, was charged, Vince Neal, for his uh, his incident in Las Vegas, uh, where he was palling up with uh, another psycho, um, Nicholas Cage. Yeah, and. Um, the two of them had uh, a huge man hug that was brought upon by Vince, thinking it would be hilarious if he would go behind a, a woman who was trying to talk to Nicholas with her 14-year-old son there, by the way. Uh-huh. And uh, so that kind of even makes it even worse because this woman wasn't – I don't know if she was trying to hit on Nicholas Cage. And I don't really know. They were in Vegas in a, in a casino or whatever. But she did have her 14-year-old son, and apparently they were talking about how much they loved – uh, his his movies and everything else, and then so our, our Mr. Hilarity came up behind this woman and grabbed her by the hair and jerked her to the <laughs> to the ground. Mm-hmm. Which, just thinking about it, even thinking now after we've talked about it several times, I still the image of it is the most hilarious thing. That it was like he was like a seven year old who thought this was going to be hilarious. Yeah, and this is a this is a fifty five year old man behaving that way. By the way, <laughs> so she is a nurse, as it turns out. And uh, she suffered a back injury, fractured uh, coccyx, and uh, she suffered um, hip injury, and she is uh, suing Vince for $75,000. So he's going to have to go play a lot of shows at uh, Annie's and Bogart's (laughs) in the future with his uh, solo project. Right, right. To uh, be able to pay off that $75,000. Yeah. Because I'm sure he made a shit ton of money off the Motley Crue debacle, uh, which is available now on, uh, uh, on live streaming if you want to see that show um, on its in its video form. Mm-hmm. If you don't, you're probably smart. Mm-hmm. But if you do, then you can do it that way. Yeah. I guarantee you that that fucking video will be get get universal acclaim and it'll probably get a nomination in the fucking Grammy Awards. Oh, yeah. When Alive and Burning, which is an actual rock and roll video made by a real rock and roll band in the 21st century that's relevant, will get no got no acknowledgement from the Grammys because the Grammy still thinks that everybody at 75 years old is uh, a rock star. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, and and just to add a little bit to this the story here. You know, it's 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 cringeworthy enough to think of a drunken Vince Neil, which is not uncommon, 
and um, Nicolas Cage, you know, like having this this public display of bromance going on. But <laughs> but Carrot Top was also in tow too. So oh, Carrot Top, Carrot Top, well, yeah, yeah. And so there were steroids involved. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, yeah, I mean it, it, it's something that um, you know it, it's it's something that you can't make up. And I, I wish I had, I wish I had seen the whole thing myself because it's just such a bizarre thing, man. <laughs> All we got to see was him uh, giving him a bro hug and whispering in his ears. And yeah, I love you, man. I, love you, man. <laughs> I know we're all washed up, man, but you know we're still stars in our own eyes, man. Oh <laughs> God. God. Yeah, so stop. we probably didn't make any friends in this podcast. Uh, we, do we care from though? the elderly community, the elderly rock and roll community? But you know, like I've said, and I and I think a lot of this had to do with the, just the general tone that of the of the things that were said this week about me and uh, my relationship with my son by people that uh, don't have a fucking clue. Right. Uh, I think that realistically, that's spurred me on to have more of an edge and move in this uh, podcast moving forward. Um, whoever listens to it may like it, may not like it, but I think you and I are going to like it. That's all that matters. Again, and that's again, that that's the important thing is that uh, <laughs> I'm going to be very true to my, what I feel and what I want to say. Uh, and I think old, old cranky men like myself uh, will get that way. As, mm-hmm. as we get older, we have no filter. No, we don't. No, we, so no, we, so we you'll don't. get you, you're going to get an unfiltered version of beer sack and Baroni right about now from this point forward. Hopefully we do do some interviews and we get some uh, some audio for future podcasts that we can use. Mm-hmm. Uh, my plans are to talk to and I'll just say uh, the, the folks that I can say. Uh, I know there are people who are going to be at the Alternative Press Music Awards on Monday on the red carpet that I want to talk to because they were involved with the Andy Black Project. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to talk to John Feldman. I think I brought that up before. I want to talk to Mikey Way, who is um, Gerard's brother, who is a, a member of uh, My Chemical Romance, who was also on the Andy Black album. Gerard is not going to be there, from my understanding. I'd love to talk to him as well. Uh, both of them uh, contributed. Uh, as far as uh, Quinn Allman uh, is going to be there, he's with his new band, Veda Wave. Uh, used to be with The Used. I'd love to talk to Quinn. I want to talk to Jr. from uh, Less Than Jake, who played horns on some of the stuff. Obviously, we're going to talk to Juliet about her new album. She's also a had a huge contribution to the Andy Black album. Um, and uh, I think that uh, who am I missing? There's got to be somebody else that I want to talk to for that that was involved with the with the album. Um, obviously, we're going to talk to CC, nominated for uh, the. Uh, drummer of the year or the best drummer whatever the hell it's called the scully is the most important thing fully expect cc to walk away with that award because he should if he doesn't it's a travesty i'll say that right off the bat i don't give a shit who else thinks that i'm wrong about that guy's the best drummer in the alternative music scene he can do things that nobody else out there can do mm-hmm. and uh he's just uh not only that but he deserves the that level of res- recognition plus Let's be realistic, Dave. If people are voting for the award and it's voted by the most loyal and dedicated fans and they can vote multiple times yeah. and there's nobody from baby metal in the category, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's got a decent shot of winning, right? I'd say so, yeah, yeah. You know, so we're hoping that he, that he walks away with it. It would be nice if Blackfield winds up with a third uh, AP Music Award in a row. First year, they got the most dedicated fans, which was a that was the perfect award to start off with. Because that pretty much says it all of why Blackfield gets uh, receives recognition every time that they have one of these award ceremonies uh, that they that they attend is that because of the fans and because of the loyalty and the dedication that they have, Blackfield gets the notoriety that they do. They certainly don't get it from rock radio. No, they certainly don't get it from the critics, Mm-mm. and that's okay because Andy and and CC Jake Ashley and and uh, Jinx have made a career out of the fans, out of the loyalty and the dedication of the fans. And so that's the only thing that really matters. I've given up on trying to figure out, as we said last week in the podcast, what the fuck alternative rock radio is thinking. Yeah, I don't understand that at all. I find alternative rock radio is the biggest misnomer that there is out there. If you wanted to call it alternative, a.k.a. hipster, 
then it would make more sense to me than what what I'm currently hearing right now. Mm-hmm. They just, so. you know, again, they just they the programmers, you know, throw whatever they have in their hands at the wall and see what sticks. There's really no science to it. Well, I, I think that that uh, we've covered all the bases today. Do you yeah. have anything else that you want to say today, sir, before we uh, head into the uh, abyss and and? Uh, <sighs> <laughs> we've got another podcast that just came out yesterday it was very well received as we mentioned before we encourage everybody to go to our soundcloud tune in and itunes various sites i put those up there on my on my uh profile my twitter uh profile so anybody can find them at any given time we promote them repeatedly we actually put one up that said beer sack and brony right about now our model our motto is we'd like some listeners <laughs> i hadn't heard that one but uh, yeah. i like it I do, I do that's like our it. motto we would like some listeners <laughs> no i really uh i i don't have anything other than the fact that i want my woman to come home because i'm starving to death well man. sir that's not going to happen for a while so I know. thanks and you're and you're uh you're a kinda... passionate guy well i'm sorry but what do you want me to do come over <laughs> and you know if i fucking came over and cooked for you it would be a uh it would be a Certain travesty enough. of monumental proportions. <laughs> yes. Would you like some ketchup soup? <laughs> Do you like extra ketchup in your ketchup soup? Oh, make it stop, man. Right. <laughs> All right, that's it. Beer Sack and Baroni right about now. Out of here! And that concludes our broadcast day. Get your money and get the fuck out of here.